0: Today's episode of Anything is Potable is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on The Athletic Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional Celtics fan, and I'm joined as always by Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, the kid, the legend, Jay King himself, everyone. Thank you. I mean, he's blessing us with his presence here today. How are you doing, Jay?
1: As usual, blessing blessing you with my presence, Sam. Your facial hair is pretty disgusting.
0: I have one of the worst mustaches, kind of Fu Man shoes right now. I just ordered some Just for Men gel. Um, Actually, I just ordered some, no free ads, some uh, mustache dye from the internet. So it should be looking better uh, coming soon. But yeah, I look terrible. Uh, But you look uh, okay, Jay. Thanks. Appreciate that. We're coming to you this week with... Some news that if the NBA returns, uh, it's likely going to be in Disney World, and so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Jay's recent article. He went back and re-watched the famous Larry Bird left-handed game against the Portland Trailblazers, and then we'll get to the fun part where the listener gods, you folks, have submitted both tweets and voicemails uh, for us to respond to, so we'll get to that in the later half of the show. But first... Big day, tweets and voicemails. I know, I'm excited. But we we got news to attend to. Uh, Jay, The Athletic is reporting... The Athletic... Legendary website. Good website. Highly recommend you subscribe. Subscribe if you
1: don't already. Theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Potable
0: with two Ds. If you wanted information on both of these stories, we're going to talk about That's the place to go. But The Athletic is reporting. I believe it's Sam Amick who reported at first and, that, and shams and shams i mean shams he, he's got his fingers in everything i mean he's uh he's the best reporter in the game um but they reported that if the nba is to return that they're likely to use disney world uh or the leading um candidate and that possibly scheduling a return for mid july um Kind of this discussion about uh, using Disney World is not new. Uh, the great Keith Smith reported that as a possibility, I believe a couple weeks ago. But this is the first time we've heard that it's a uh, likely to happen, and it's the first time we've heard that mid July may be a starting point. So, your reactions, Jay? Basketball might be back. It's exciting.
1: It's exciting. hell yeah, buddy! <laughs> it's exciting to hear an actual timeline. It's exciting to hear a probable location. It's exciting that the league is obviously getting closer to at least trying to return to play. Obviously, there will still be hoops to jump through and things like that. But this feels like the closest it's been so far to an actual return to the NBA season. And that that really is awesome. We have been without sports for so long. I have been binge watching god forsaken netflix shows i have been re-watching dog crap shows <laughs> that i didn't even like in the past What's the
0: worst show you've been watching
1: uh the worst show i mean there have been been some pretty bad ones um all american is good though i started that one recently i don't even know what that is See, I I'm, I'm changing your life. Go Netflix, all American It's about some football player from Crenshaw moves to Beverly Hills to to get his high school football on and and the trials and tribulations. So it's um, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air but with more focus on high school football. It is very much not like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Not a um, comedy, but if it were
0: Jeff's not there,
1: Tay Diggs would be the version of Uncle Phil. Who is oh. not even close to Uncle Phil because Uncle Phil is a legend.
0: <laughs> j Dick sucks. <laughs> yeah,
1: so all, all American is probably the the best one. I have. I have. Okay, gone, we, oh, the we, Outlander. We, the Outlander was the worst fucking one I watched. Oh, that th- that's
0: the Scottish one. Dog crap. Dog crap. I've heard from other people that it was very good.
1: I heard from a number <laughs> of sources that it was very good. J watched-
0: be number one of them.
1: I watched like four episodes of that nonsense, and it was awful. It was the slowest-paced, uneventful, time-warping bullshit <laughs> I've ever seen.
0: Now, see, if basketball was not returning, this is kind of the the what the podcast would turn into. is Jay King reviewing Netflix shows. And so, thankfully, it's on its way back. The thing that surprised me is that I, the last we heard from Adam Silver was – they're likely weren't going to make a decision until June. And so for them, this to come out on May 20th um, was just like a pleasant surprise. I think it's interesting that mid July is going to be the kind of time Florida is clearly an early state of kind of like uh, easing conditions. Uh, Disneyland makes sense because you can c- control kind of everyone who goes in. They have so many different hotels. They have the facilities there. They've held AAU uh, tournaments there. I think that the uh, thing that interesting is that if mid July is the kind of uh start point or for when games were to turn we've also heard that it would take like 4 to 6 weeks of a kind of a mini training camp and so that would be coming up shortly like that would be mid, like kind of early June mid June and so everything just feels a lot more accelerated than um I initially anticipated, and maybe we're just getting our hopes up because you know this is just one report saying that if they come back, it will be then. But it's exciting news, and it, things might start happening all of a sudden very quickly. What are the most important things for the
1: Celtics uh, if the NBA season does return? Boom! When, Name when three he, things.
0: I mean, it feels like Kemba's knee was a big concern before, but I think yep. he seemed like you would assume that with this much rest, it wouldn't be an issue. Uh, beyond that, I, it's the shape of all their players if they're in the right shape and if anyone can kind of provide some scoring off the bench. But I don't know that the crazy thing is if they if they return, I'm all I'm assuming that it would just be immediate jump into the playoffs. First round matchup would be against uh, the 76ers and Joel Embiid, someone they just are really not built to beat. Although they had mild success against them this year, but they also dominated the Celtics for one game in Boston. Um, there'd be huge questions about Embiid's conditioning, um, whether or not he would be back in, maybe this would be helpful for, for him, but who knows what shape he's in now, but it's like kind of the the Celtics' Achilles heel in terms of matchups, and it would be like fascinating for them to be the, the first team to, that the Celtics face at the start of these Disney playoffs. Yeah, that would be, I
1: mean, imagine jumping right back in and all of a sudden you got to guard Joel Embiid. Like that's, that's tough. tough. And it's obviously tough like, the Sixers aren't a normal six seed. They're just not. They're far more talented than a normal six seed. They have Joel Embiid, one of the NBA's best centers. They have Ben Simmons, who's super talented with the exception of his jump shot. They have Al Horford, another guy who's made tons of all star teams. Like they are very, very loaded with top shelf talent. So, and they're huge. They're enormous in ways that the Celtics just very much are not. So, I mean, we've talked all year about. How can the Celtics guard big men? How can they guard in the post? How can they guard specifically Joel Embiid? And it feels closer than ever to a first-round series between those teams happening. We haven't even talked about, like, Horford versus the Celtics, which would be would at be, least mildly I mean, just an, entertaining.
0: Another Sixers-Celtics battle would be amazing. But the crazy thing that I'm trying to think about is just starting the first game back after this as a as game one of a playoff series – Like they, I don't don't think they'll
1: do that. I think they'll have some form of either regular season or exhibition games before that happens. Yeah,
0: because you talk about like continuity and like how much of an impact that has on a team's ability to play together. I think that would have a huge impact on a team kind of responding to this and coming back uh, and playing their best basketball so quickly. Because even with those like few warm up games, it's still going to be a major test of like how well these guys can come back. And mesh together and you would imagine the Celtics team they have a similar core uh but now Kemba's obviously a new player but they have some experience playing together the Sixers um definitely knew I really didn't seem like they've ever figured out how to play with Al Horford and um although they have better continuity but even then their mix of Simmons and B doesn't really work uh but it just feels like a major test of uh, maybe they've learned it on Zoom conference calls (laughs) I highly doubt it I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid like each other and probably have not Zoomed more than twice. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hot take. Where did you get the number two from? I don't know. Maybe it's like a team check-in. Because Ben required. Simmons doesn't go for threes? Boom! Oh, boom! The kids got <laughs> jokes, kids. No, but I think that, like that's the biggest challenge. I think that favors the Bucks in any sort of – um playoff situation just because they feel like they have the most continuity from last year um but it could out of have any team, the, Bucks the most because they were the one that was obviously meshed they will yeah but that, shouldn't that be easier to kind of get back to that level I mean it, we, we, uh, this is also dependent on like we have no idea how each individual player is going to react in terms of being in shape um and being prepared mentally for it it's it's an entirely new thing no one's ever Come back from global pandemic to play the playoffs. It's exciting. (laughs) We don't know what's going to happen. And so I'm excited for NBA Twitter to have wild speculation based on nothing, based on feelings alone. Like I'm telling you right now, the Celtics would win that series against the Sixers. Do I have a good reason why? No, but I'm an irrational fan and I just have a belief that that would happen. And like the buildup to it, the amount of irrational takes that would be going on would be absolutely fantastic because there's just so much unknown that even if you are Brad Stevens right now and watching 18 hours of NBA League Pass a day you like there's things you can figure out but there's still you're just not going to know how these teams come back and like perform together.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that is like there's going to be the unknown factor of like who's going to get injured because all the time off and then what if who gets the coronavirus? like if if a guy tests positive, it's gonna have to be the two week quarantine, right? Like, what happens if LeBron James tests positive during the NBA finals? Like that would just be insane. Absolutely insane. The coronavirus game. If anyone Not does. the flu yeah, game, yeah. the
0: coronavirus game. okay, can we talk about the flu game for one second because I have to get this take off. okay. who the what the hell story is that that MJ got delivered a pizza by five guys in Utah? And then MJ, surrounded by his two like close friends and other security guards, is the only one who ate the pizza? It's insanity. Why would you have five guys deliver a pizza? Why would you have five guys walk up to the door? Why didn't MJ share the pizza? It's It doesn't make any goddamn sense. We just like completely glossed over it. I mean, we didn't actually gloss over it, but like to present that as a, a cromulent theory of events is nonsense. And frankly, I'm offended that MJ thinks I'm going to believe that bullshit. I will not allow the word cromulent on this podcast. It's bigoting no the Simpsons. entire podcast.
1: There will be no Simpsons references on this podcast. I'm just going to sprinkle sprinkling
0: for. them in, and you're not going to have any idea. You have no control over that. Control what you can control, J. King. That does seem like a fair point. What was your reaction to the pizza story?
1: I had no hot take like like you did
0: you don't um, think it's weird that five guys showed up to deliver a pizza? Did he just call up and say, this is a pizza for Michael Jordan, star of the Chicago Bulls, who will be playing in game five tomorrow night? You are, I mean, this is the hottest, This
1: you're steaming hot. It's about,
0: insanity, Jay. It's insanity.
1: Pe- I mean, the whole thing was, was one-sided toward Michael Jordan. Oh, and, yeah. Probably because like, he produced it. When have
0: when has anyone ever gotten food poisoning from pizza? Exactly. No, no, I think the implication is that they put some sort of poison on the pizza. It's not like you like, oh, I undercooked the tomato sauce and all of a sudden you have the flu. It's like, no, the implication is that those five devious men traveling together, if you if you're in a plot to poison someone, why would you add four accomplices? It's just yeah. it's I mean, there's a movie foolery. about this.
1: You just you just fucking take. And kidnap Michael Jordan. That's what you
0: really do, and yeah. then call it call it Bulls Pride. It's 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 he's I don't I don't know he people are saying he was hungover. He didn't really look hungover in the clips. I mean, he was clearly feeling sick for some reason. But I'm not buying the pizza uh, thing whatsoever. It just can't be can't be. But the who who would make up the pizza store? Because that's it's, that's the it's other such part. A of a bad lie. It's that so you crazy that them. no one no one would ever make it up. That's a fair point that it's like such a bad lie that it would take such gumption to try and tell it. But because he wouldn't he didn't have to say any
1: details about it at all. He could have just said, I ate something that didn't sit well with my stomach. That's the extent of it.
0: I know. But someone like Michael Jordan, who clearly is just uh, wants to win and has crazy confidence in his own abilities. Maybe he was just trying to get another one over. Maybe it's just another victory over the American people. <laughs> My one last, last dance take is that like the whole thing at the end where it's like, oh, you can't break up a dynasty. Like we just won three in a row. You have to keep the team together. And MJ is complaining about that. Bruh, you literally are the sole reason that the first three-peat ended because you just decided to quit. Like what happens to like, you have to come together. You have to go for the fourth. It's the most, it's the most hypocritical thing there is like, he did the exact thing that he's then blaming Jerry Krause for doing of just breaking up the team for his own reasons. At least Jerry Krause, like I may, I understand you can't offer the contracts to Steve Kerr, like uh, Luke Longley and Scotty Pippen, all of whom got the biggest contracts of their career. It's a, like a huge assumption being like, oh yes, every single guy is going to come back on a one-year deal. It's insane. It was a wonderful documentary, but I had two very big problems with it. Pizza it's- and that part. It's equally insane
1: though to break up a team that had just won three titles. And a team that I was know MJ dominant. did it in nineteen
0: ninety-three.
1: But, but I'm saying, like, at that stage, MJ wanted to keep it going. And he would have kept it going if they kept it together, from the sound of it at least. It is wild. Like if if the Warriors had been like, you know what? We just won with Steph, KD, and Clay and Draymond, but they would have
0: broken it up last but year. But this if is they won. this is
1: our last year. But not 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 intentionally. They would have broken up cuz KD would have left. They wouldn't have broken up because the GM decided to I KD don't GM. I no longer want to have the most talented team in basketball. Like that that's the wild part to me is that he decided before the season that the best coach in the NBA was not going to come back and that he was going to hire somebody else just because he had personal issues with the guy. Like put those aside, bro. And I know the The documentary at least seemed one-sided toward Jerry Krause, but he literally came out before the season and said it was going to be Phil Jackson's last year. That is not like, what, what if the that Spurs part, are just like... part doesn't
0: make any sense.
1: If the Spurs during the last Duncan Championship year have been like, guys, this is Greg
0: Popovich's last year because you know why? Because I hate the prick. I mean, Jerry just, Krause just wanted his credit. I mean, everyone, everyone wants their credit. And once you win five, it's like... You, I feel like you have a lot of uh, agency to do whatever the hell but, you want. But here's the thing: you know how he would have gotten his credit? Shutting getting, the book up <laughs> by getting along with people, <laughs> by if getting he had just titles? along with
1: people, he would have gotten so much credit. Instead, he just got shitted on relentlessly while he's passed away in uh doc the biggest
0: documentary in pandemic history. Who do you think got it worse? Him or Scotty Burrell? He got it worse, he <laughs> no, got it much worse. worse. He got it <laughs> that worse. That wasn't even a question, yeah. But shouts to Scotty. All right, speaking of yesteryear, basketball from yesteryear, you, Jay King, decided to go back and listen or rewatch the legendary game uh, where Larry Bird uh, played left-handed. And interestingly, I was watching some Larry Bird highlights recently, and this game came up. I knew this story, or at least would have remembered the story, as he shot every single shot left-handed and scored 47. But it was something only like, Five or six shots, right? It was so he like, made
1: 10. ten. 10 of his twenty-one made field goals were with I'm the glad left hand. you
0: filling into the details because I didn't I didn't read your story. I'm gotta be honest. That's that's <laughs> messed up, man. But yeah,
1: so obviously the the tale goes, has become this legend over the years, and I feel like it's grown even recently over the last like five, five years, that Larry just decided one day to just play left-handed. And and which is, I mean, it would have been awesome if he did do that, but he didn't. And honestly, like the way it happened, it, I was disappointed in the game. It's on YouTube for anyone who wants to watch it. Search for like Larry Bird or Celtics Blazers 1986 full game and you can find it. But I I was disappointed in bird for a while or not. I was disappointed. <laughs> Shame but, on you, Larry bird for making shots normally, but it just didn't live up to the hype. And I, I like, he was making a lot of normal lefty layups, like just ne- like reverse layups, kind of wide open. He even botched one wide open layup when Bill wallen had an insane pass. And, but then the part where it really like even transcends what the legend has become, is that in the legend, I think Bill Bill Walton once said, Larry told the medium players before the game that he was going to play lefty at least through three quarters. And he didn't really play lefty the whole time. Like He made a lot of close lefty shots, but it, he took all his outside shots right hand. He, he'd shot more than half of his shots with his right hand. Like It wasn't like he was playing solely lefty. But what was crazy was fourth quarter close game, and all of a sudden he breaks out the most Insanely batshit nuts left handed shots in the world, <laughs> and so th- they're holding on to like two point, three point lead. And all of a sudden, Larry is like throwing left handed floaters off the glass in transition from like 12 feet, and then the very next play just throws in a sweeping lefty hook from like 10 feet, and then two possessions later has a sweeping lefty and one hook. And it's like, okay, you have totally, totally <laughs> redeemed yourself.
0: So it's, the problem is that the legend, the storytellers have gotten it wrong by saying it's the whole game. But really, it's no. In crunch time in the fourth quarter, he took what was supposed to be a bit, basically, for the first three quarters and just like went full send on it and completely succeeded. Which is not surprising if you hear any stories about Larry Bird. The man was uh, extremely confident and really it was great at accomplishing what exactly he was set out to do. But that makes it interesting. If it's like, I just assumed it was like the trailblazers were bad. He was just messing around to try and entertain himself. No, but they like, were
1: pretty good. Actually, they to had do it Kiki, in a close Kiki game. Bandaway, Clyde
0: Drexler, Jerome Kersey. Like they were,
1: they were a playoff team that year, but yeah, it was a close game. And it, fourth quarter, like as the blazers were charging, he just like, just, just did some bonkers, bonkers <laughs> shots. Like you never see any offhand shots like that. And he did three in a row while they were holding off a charge. And it was just ridiculous. And then the game went into overtime. He hit a game winner in overtime naturally after in regulation, hitting a shot to force overtime. So Larry was a cold, cold, cold blooded man. And you didn't need me to tell you that, but I did watch the lefty game and it didn't fully live up to the hype. And then it, exceeded the hype like just like that I, I was like why am i even watching this game this is so dumb i don't even want to write this story and then it was like oh my
0: god <laughs> <laughs> that, that is not normal so oh man that gets me excited like super excited and you know it would be very disappointing if you like got super excited but then you had some sort of uh dysfunction or you had a, a condition and and it's something that many men suffer from uh something like erectile dysfunction and so You know what? If you need help out with a problem like that or a number of different uh, issues, maybe your hair is growing thin, you can go to our friends at Roman.com. Roman.com. have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor, licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Uh, Normally, it takes 29 days to see a doctor in major cities with Roman. uh, They will make it convenient for your schedule, and you will get a free online visit within 24 hours of contacting Roman. The doctor decides you need treatment and that it's right for you. The pharmacy can ship you your medication within two days, and so you can get uh, unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or if you want to adjust your treatment plan. There's no commitments, and you can cancel at any time. So if you want, if you want to g- just give into that excitement, you want answers in three days, you can go to getroman.com/slash-celtics for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash Celtics for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Now it is time for the people, the voices of the people to be heard. Jay called out to the bat phone. He asked for people to submit questions either via Twitter or via our voicemail line. And the people responded. We have a lot of questions. We'll try to get through them uh, pretty quickly. A lot of good basketball questions, a lot of good nonsense questions. Um, and so we'll start out with Twitter From my man, Eddie B, at Truth Faustino, uh, Ed's king of the group chat, uh, one of the greatest people there is. He was asking about Jalen Brown, and he asks, can Jalen ever get to an all-NBA level? Could he ever get to the NBA all-defense? I guess we already talked about his question about how uh, the Celtics would uh, fare in the playoffs, but let's focus on those two first. What do you think Jalen Brown's ceiling is?
1: Uh... All I don't think he can make all NBA. Some sort.
0: He'll never I don't think he'll ever be a top 15 player in the NBA or a top 6 guard. It would have, is he a guard?
1: To me he's a power forward cuz he he plays power forward now for the Celtics. At least he guard. I don't think he's going to be a
0: top 6 power forward or top top 6 forward.
1: Yeah. I don't think I he'll mean, ever be
0: a, like a top 1 forward on his team. So as long as he continues to play with Tatum, so it's going to be I think it's really hard for two players to make all NBA from the same position.
1: Yeah, I would, I would argue he'll probably be an all-star at some point in his career, but All-NBA
0: will be tough. What do you think about All-Defense? All-Defense? Uh, I think he's pretty good at defense, but I don't think he has the reputation for being like a lockdown guy. Like, Eddie, I, I hate the shit on Jalen right now. That's not my intent. I just don't know. I don't think he's like the elite of the elite. I think he's very good in getting better, but – I don't think of him like – I feel like all defense is a very much a reputation award, and you need to like build that over two years before actually getting it, kind of like what Marcus Smart did.
1: Who was on the all-defense team last year? It was Marcus Smart, Patrick Beverly. Kawhi. Um, Kawhi. Was it Paul George? Sounds about right. Was he on there? Like, those are big-time, big-time defenders. I think I – I mean, I wouldn't – rule out all NBA or all defensive team from Jalen's future. Like he's six, seven and strong and his versatility is clearly improving on both ends of the court. But if I were to guess, I would guess that he would fall short of both those things.
0: I would agree. Uh, Eddie also asks, do you think Hayward opts in now with the uh, potential lower salary cap that's to come with all the lost revenues? That's an interesting wrinkle that uh, I've kind of seen the, the cap nerds on Twitter talking about, specifically Danger Card, about what happens if the cap is lowered by like $30 million. Danger cart presents reasons why that would make things very difficult. Uh, it would immediately make it so if Hayward opted in, uh, it would basically cost the Celtics $100 million in luxury tax or some absurd number like that. Uh, and basically it would make more sense for them to just stretch him or trade him. Um, so they're not going to do that, but clearly the salary cap's going to be lowered by some bit. Uh, do you think that makes it more likely for Hayward to opt in for that guaranteed one year or less likely? I will presumably less teams. Have, I'm answering my own question. Makes it more likely because if every team has less, uh, salary cap space, who's going to offer him the long-term big money deal that he wants.
1: Yeah. I don't think the market is set up well for, for him to, to find a new home. Uh, if you look at the teams out there most teams that were projected have cap space obviously this whole new normal could change a lot of things could obliterate teams that thought they had cap space um, but the teams that were projected have cap space most of them are younger not necessarily ready to compete and or the Miami heat which could and have been, you know, there, there are reports that they want to target Giannis. Down well, the road. Everyone wants to target Giannis. Yeah, but if if you go out and pay Gordon Hayward, then you wouldn't have the money to target Giannis. So if if that is their goal, to, to wait for Giannis and try to pitch him, then, then signing Gordon Hayward may not be wise. So I, I don't think the market's going to be great for Gordon. I don't know if if that will mean that Hayward is more likely to opt in. I don't know if it means he's more likely to opt out and re-sign some sort of deal with the Celtics, but the market for external suitors is not lined up to be great for him.
0: I think the and this is a question that uh, Jalen Brown out also asked about the cap is how it affects the C's. No matter what, if uh, Hayward hops opts in, hops in, hops out, opts out. Uh, the C's aren't going to have cap space to really do anything, and so it doesn't have a huge impact on what they do next season. I think it just creates less flexibility. But I don't know. Ask Danger Car; he knows things. Uh, this is from Jason Loud. Uh, at Bleed Greed, Jason, what is the prospect of Tremont Waters coming in to be the backup point guard next season? I'd say it's pretty good. Oh. Uh, do you? Well, yeah, why not? How, how long a deal is Wanamaker on? Well, here, here's the thing. Tremont
1: Waters is like 5'10", and he turns the ball over a lot. And I know he's had some decent moments in the NBA. He's got the vision,
0: Jay. He's got the vision.
1: I, I love the way the kid plays. I think he has a rare feel for po- the point guard spot. Obviously, you can really run a pick and roll. But he's not a great shooter and he turns the ball over a lot and he's tiny. And
0: he's, I know not, he's, tough. he's not I, as steady as Brad Wanamaker. And so I what? know he's
1: tough. I know he's smart, but for a team that likes to switch a lot and obviously you know puts a puts a high price on versatility. He he hurts your defensive versatility. I, I I'm not sold on him. I think he has a chance to become an NBA rotation player for sure, but I'm just not so. I'm not sure that that they'll just kind of concede that position to him heading into next year.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, it's reasonable, but it's not the answer I wanted to hear because I like Waters, but they also have three first round picks. They do. Uh, the question is, are they going to draft new people and put them in the G League and so and just replace Tremont Waters? Is another team going to like he's under. Team control, uh, relatively cheap. I would expect him to remain in the organization. Um, but you're right; he is small. Kemba's kind of a small guy, so it's hard to have two small point guards. Um, it's a good point. It's uh, I just, you know, was being irrational and wanted to see him succeed. So sorry for for wanting success for someone else, Jay. It's, uh, it's just in my nature. Moving I love on. The, way the kid plays. <laughs> Moving on from hoops underscore NBA underscore. Uh, one of the finer folks on Twitter. First time listener, long time caller. What do you make of the overwhelmingly and constantly growing sentiment push to move the C's developmental league team to Providence, given its larger populous and larger populous facilities and proximity to Boston? It's a trilogy thing of threes. One, I would contest that overwhelming and constant sentiment that the C's are going to move to Providence. But what do you think about them moving with it? What benefits do it has? I, I don't give a shit where the Celtics (laughs) G League team plays. Let me Uh, just put that out there. I think it makes more sense to just move it to Boston. Like a lot of teams have their G League team in the same city as their NBA team. I think it just helps with when they're playing, have all of the facilities and training under one gym. Like you can have combined practices, moving guys uh, up and up, down, like two-way contracts. Everything just seems easier They have a giant like practice facility in um, our back center. It's really just becomes like where you could like play games and sell tickets because NBA is a business and they'd want to have make some sort of money off it. And I don't think they could use um, TD garden, but like you can play games other else and make money. And just, I think it's like, I think it'd be nice for the people of Providence and shitty for the people of Portland, Maine, but I think it just makes more sense to be in the same city as the NBA team yeah i i really don't care fair enough uh this is from the lego man walati uh our polish poster uh thoughts on milk soy almond regular lactose free
1: i'm a i'm a skim milk guy always Mm. been a skim milk guy i i i don't mess with that almond or coconut bullshit i don't mess with
0: that soy bullshit do you drink skim because you think you're fat because you could be drinking whole. It's a Napoleon Dynamite quote. I don't expect you to get it. Napoleon Dynamite is one of the worst <laughs> movies of all time. That's the most J.K. take of all there time. There has
1: never been a dumber movie than Napoleon Dynamite. I did not wa- I did not laugh once during that entire stupid fucking movie. I saw it and, in and theaters. Honestly, was on, honestly, on
0: the floor laughing. I was, fell onto the floor laughing when I saw that movie.
1: How high were you because I was that,
0: 14 I hadn't started smoking weed yet
1: you were 14 and dumb and and you still have a childish <laughs> sense of humor you're 30 and dumb you're 38 and dumb 32 yeah give the, kid, give the kid a break but honestly I I really 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 am skeptical of anyone who appreciates. Napoleon Dynamite. That is <laughs> one of the five worst pieces of art the world has ever produced.
0: Oh, wow. But uh, what was the show you said was great watching earlier? Hollywood Hill. All, Amer- All American's pretty good. <laughs> I didn't say it's great, but it's it's worth watching. It's better than Napoleon Dynamite. All right. Well, I mean, Lego Man's got some more questions, not just Milk. Best media personality of a Celtics guy who never made it. Think along the levels of like one uh, Moore, James Young. Um, who's a guy who's just like never really made it in the league, but he was fun to interact with in the locker room, like a good personality? Uh, since I started covering the team? I mean, ideally, then that's how you would know. I'm going to give a shout to
1: Phil Pressy Because Phil Pressy was just a very, very, very good guy. And a very, very nice dude. So... <laughs> I, I I mean, it wasn't like he was like some. It's not like he was hilarious or telling jokes. No, but he was just
0: very very nice. Like he's just the the type of person you root for. All right, that sounds good to me. I I like uh Shane Larkin mostly because I just like seeing him ball out in Europe. Um, but I don't know his personality that well. Um, but I was the, when you said Phil Pressey, I just thought oh other short uh, Celtics point guards. Immediately thought of Shane Larkin. I can't really think of, I don't know. I don't have as much experience covering the team as you definitely don't talk to the players. And so, um, yeah, I guess Phil Pressy is the answer. Final question from the Lego man. What's your favorite obscure sport? Dodgeball, ultimate Frisbee, anything that you're J King doesn't like obscure sports. He doesn't like obscure anything. J King's like, it straight down the middle. He likes vanilla ice cream and, uh, his Sunday morning newspaper. Like (laughs) I don't think there's any obscure thing that you are a big fan of. Obscure sports. Like, do you like spike ball? Would you watch spike someone ball, play no. spike ball?
1: I would never watch anyone play spike ball, but playing it is fantastic. I am probably the greatest spike ball player. Oh, my God. Whoever lived.
0: You can't move. You got bad knees, but uh, it, would be, it wouldn't be it would be you if you didn't claim to be the best at it. Uh, I'm actually, I mean, my...
1: My reflexes are among the greatest in this year nation, and um, Jay, you like literally
0: waited for a shot clock to expire for a minute and didn't shoot the ball. I don't think we can they, talk. We about We weren't your playing reflex. with a
1: shot clock. We weren't <laughs> playing with a shot clock. They, they, they I was bamboozled. Uh,
0: you were absolutely bamboozled. I was hoodwinked and bamboozled. I think this question is more for me because you know I have a more. Tastes beyond, you know, just the average. I don't just live my life trying to be like Stifler and American Pie, just drinking a red Solo cup and, you know, living that typical high school experience. I'm a bit more out there, a bit of a weirdo. Um, I like Olympic handball. Olympic handball is dope. One of my favorite sports to watch from Olympic time. There's this new sport that I've seen on TikTok. It's called World Paddleball. It's kind of a weird combination of squash and tennis, but you can go outside. Squash is fun, by the way. Squash is dope. I played a lot of squash in college. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm not going to claim I'm the best squash player ever because you know I'm not like that. But I, I would have, I would have been the best squash <laughs> player ever if I had dedicated myself at a young age. Touche, J King. I'd be the best world paddleball player there is. Highly recommend following on TikTok. It's fantastic. All right, this is a difficult question, and I've been trying to think about it all day. And it comes from Coley Mick from Barstool Sports from Mixtapes Podcast. Who? We're in preliminary discussions, but I believe he will be the guest for uh, with us next week. Um, but he asks, "What is the most phonetically pleasing word in any language?" What's your favorite word to say? That's a
1: good question. My first, uh, my
0: my like boom immediate response was poppycock.
1: Poppycock. That's too harsh a word. Poppycock. poppycock. I
0: like the harshest. What do you, what do you give me? A, you're the wordsmith. You got gotta you be probably a, got a bunch gotta of words.
1: It's got to be a, it's gotta be a soliloquy. It's got to have be... some grace
0: to it. It's got to be some high effort though. Like you can't. It can't just be like bone saw. Like you know, you need something that like oh, I just pulled that off. Bone saw. No bro, I'm just I'm just vibing here. You've given me Bonesaw? nothing to work with. Fluffernutter? nutter. nutter is a good one. Um, I don't uh, know. Please, t- listener gods, tweet us the response because clearly us two idiots have not uh don't have a great uh, answer to this question. Anything else? Anything else on that? All right, Adam Taylor. Oh, we're, we're going to get more J King movie takes. Yes. Why is Uncut Gems such an overrated movie? This is from Adam Taylor NBA. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So. It's. Oh, I, I wouldn't say it's overrated. I just say it's highly stressful. And so, if you see it and you don't like stress, uh, it's not fun. But it's very entertaining. I would just never see it again. All right, there's a backup question there from Jalen Brown. Out. I guess we already asked this, but is there what's the best movie you've seen in quarantine? Not not TV show, but best movie. Uh what
1: was? Oh, oh, Green Book. Green Book is a legit movie that is one of my favorite movies ever actually
0: your favorite movie ever one of my favorite movies ever green book watch it that's a that's a whack take people have, have problems with it? that movie i've never seen it i just know that the general leftist internet that i followed uh had problems with that movie.
1: who's got who's got problems with green
0: book Many people on the web they didn't think it was a fair representation of the African American experience that it overblowed, uh, kind of this white black connection where it uh, really was just much harder for um, black people and made it kind of like too much of a feel good movie. I mean, the guy got his ass beat. <laughs> I don't know the story. And, I'm just I'm, was, just I'm just reporting was, what
1: I know about Green Book. The guy got his ass beat and was regularly just treated abysmally. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people did have to go through much, much, much worse things. But it wasn't like like his life was, was he just and not green.
0: Hey, this isn't my take. I'm just reporting the take of the people. But um, we'll move on. I'm just going to read this question just because uh, I'm very curious to what your response will be. This is from Sparty Mosho. Sparty, uh, I have some people call him the Iron Chin. He's a good-looking man. This is at me, not at you. It distresses my very countenance that there is a dearth of discussion regarding the assignment of Megazord for Smarf. Is he the dragon who can be summoned by the dagger flute of taking charges? I personally lean saber-toothed tiger, but I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Your thoughts, Jay? What the fuck was he talking about? (laughs) I don't know exactly. I believe it's a reference to Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, but I don't know. It sounded like some Pokemon, Dragon
1: Dragon Ball Z fucking nonsense. Jay, who's your favorite
0: Pokemon? I don't know Pokemon. You don't know? Can you name me three Pokemon? No, absolutely not. Jay, you can name three Pokemon.
1: I absolutely cannot name. Can
0: you name one Pokemon? Pokemon? Charizard. Boom. Can you name two? There's an obvious one. That's all I got. Pikachu. You've never heard of Pikachu. I've heard of Pikachu. but just. I mean, I was, there's, a, there's a point I mean, only, I, only losers played Pokemon. No, that's not true. It is absolutely true. Only losers in Jay King's assessment of the world play Pokemon because was, Jay I King wanted there, to be Sniffler. I was playing basketball and shoving Pokemon players into lockers. I mean, that's just bullying. Bullying's not cool. Where I'm from, bullies get bullied. You know what I mean? Shout out to Zebo. All right. We got to wrap this up. We got four voicemails for you. Um, Jay, we're going to start out with the one uh, called uh, Underrated Guy in Boston Uniform. What's up, guys? Uh, my question for Sam and the kid is I think it's been pretty obvious since the beard connected for Jason Tatum that his game has completely changed, became an all star for the first time, his skills unlocked. He's probably the best player on the Celtics ahead of Kemba at this point. But in the time since the beard is connected, we've seen 2020 kind of go into shambles with this whole coronavirus pandemic. So my question to you guys is, does Jason Tatum have to sacrifice the connection of the beard for the greater good of society? So interested to hear what you guys have to think about that.
1: Thanks. (laughs) This is a glorious question. This is... I mean, this is the second best question we've ever gotten, <laughs> besides Dino Raja. Dino Raja, yeah. Uh, I
0: think the obvious answer is that the world wasn't ready for the beard to connect. Like a beard connect, Tatum went supernova, and it was, a, downhill it was ever a since seismic, seismic, seismic shift. Seismic, right? it changed the whole energy of the universe it was like the polarity switched it was like now the north pole's the south pole yeah it, it was it was just an event that the world was
1: not ready for and if you want to link coronavirus to the connection of the beard then i, I can't
0: prove you wrong um I mean, I would say it falls into the classic logical fallacy of post hoc ergo propter hoc, but it's one of my favorite logical fallacies. So I'm not going to blame you for, uh, for falling into that trap.
1: But here's the thing. I don't think he needs to sacrifice the connected beard because at this point, the world is becoming adjusted to the connected beard.
0: I mean, it's part of the things. everything's is going to be post Tatum beard and pre Tatum beard. It's not like we can go back. And if he it, like loses the connection, all of a sudden we got a vaccine. You just got to accept the circumstances, control what we control and move on, watch the film, you know, learn how to get better at dealing with the beard. Maybe, you know, wear a mask more around the house. Maybe don't go hang out at the beach with your 11 friends. You know, you just make decisions now in the new reality. And so Tatum, we're all just going to have to live in a, po- a post uh, Tatum beard connection world. All right, Jay, now we're going to listen to <laughs> Giving Buckets. All right, Giving Buckets it is. Hey, this is Jim's Juice. I got a question. What's the best way to give people buckets at a social distance? I'm trying to give people buckets, but I want to be safe. kind of hard not giving people buckets these days. Uh, thanks for your advice. First time, in a long time. J King, how are you giving people buckets? Everyone's seen the mini hoop set up in your apartment. Um, I assume you're giving your roommate buckets on that, but for those who don't have such an accommodation, how can you give buckets uh, in the in the so in a time of social distancing?
1: I think we all have to take lessons from Stephen Curry and Trey Young, which is just back it up. If if people are only going to cover you to the 30 feet out you got to take it back to to 36 feet out now because there's got to be six feet of distance at all times on the other hand defense could be a little difficult defense could be a little difficult in uh, in this new world so staying within six feet is very difficult um i do think that giving buckets i mean it's probably the one thing i miss the most during during this time is is giving buckets and just getting shots up. I, I shoot around on my mini hoop, but that's those are the only shots I've got up in more than two months. I have I, I think I've put this on Twitter before, but I bought a new pair of basketball sneakers two days before the NBA shutdown, wore them one single time, and they just sit there staring at me, just taunting me every single day because I can't can't use them. I even put them on one morning just to shoot around on my mini hoop in my living room. Did, did you so, feel did you jump higher did you the shots feel better in the new shoes i used to when i was a kid i used to really think like if i put on new shoes i my i could run faster i could jump higher all that but
0: but no i've 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 grown up a little the one problem i have is that they've actually like taken away the opportunity to give buckets like i was going out to my local park and initially i just thought they like chained up the uh the nets so you couldn't shoot sometimes they put a board over the rim they took down the actual rim there was no buckets to be gotten it just wasn't a thing anyone could do I I've just been dribbling around I think you just got to take people's ankles like you just see strangers on the street you dribble and you just juke them you just hit them with a one-two make them drop that's how you replace
1: uh kind of the feeling of uh, of getting buckets but I think you got to start taking charges six feet away too like oh, setting the, up,
0: <laughs> mime a charge but just yeah you've broken the broken the social distancing zone yeah the only way you can do that is if you have a friend who's also six feet away uh dressed up in a referee's uniform to call the charge because calling of a charge is uh one of the best calls a ref can make in sports uh i think a number two after a block Block is definitely the best. Blocks the definitely, and you like the best is when the block is like when the refs really excited to throw that block call and he, like kind of gets a kind of gets a dancing into it. So that's that's my advice for how to hoop in a quarantine. All right, now we're going to Yabu Variants. I'm excited for this one.
1: Yeah, th- this one. Just the title on this one has me really, really eager.
0: Uh, hi, my question is for Jam. Uh, it's been observed that. Any sex pants is the answer to the age-old question: What if Yabu were horny? Um, so my question is: uh, Are there other rare Yabu variants in the league? Is there anyone else who who gives off that same aura of pure fun and goodness, but maybe with a little twist? Thanks. Bye bye. I'm gonna leave that to you, Jay. Anyone else no, He said it was for Yabu? Jam. he said it was for Jam um anyone else who reminds me of yabu who's just pure joy um with a little bit of a twist i don't know who's the happiest player in the league who's the like, kind of like a fun loving guy Giannis is kind of fun although he has his like mean moments he's definitely um, horny too remember the uh <laughs> the little belly had oh yeah i mean he's definitely horny and willing to be online i don't know if uh yabu I think that's more of a vinny thing. I don't know if Yabu was the horniest of players. Uh he was just cool, wore bucket hats. Um, I think there really is, there's no one quite like Yabu. He's a legend. Uh you can't really replace someone like that. Uh just even in like even just someone who's happy isn't the same as uh as Yabu.
1: I'm trying to scan through the rosters right now. To see oh, if, any player? if there
0: is a potential other yabu out there. I mean, if we're talking about junk in the yeah, trunk, Kyle Lowry gives them a run for his money. But, like, Kyle Lowry's also, a, like, yeah, does not I have the same personality. I just don't think. It's a rare combination of personality and just, like, super chunked up, thick with four Cs. Like, it's just not something that comes naturally. You got to appreciate No, not, what not even the remotely
1: it. close to the same personality.
0: All right. uh, Last email of the, or last voicemail of the day. We're going to listen to this one. It's about,
1: it's, it's a rare combination.
0: All right. We're going CIA MK ultra. Yeah. uh, This question is for jam there. I was wondering if you had any thoughts about uh, the CIA and the MK ultra program. Um, But thank you. I'll hang up and listen. Sound like we had a visitor from the North, but he wants to know about if I have any thoughts about CIA or MK ultra. I do. I actually read a, a whole book all about it. It's uh, it's wild what the CIA was willing to do testing LSD on uh, unknowing patients in the 1950s. Really? Did you uh, leave this question for yourself? wasn't that blatantly obvious, Jay? Like that was the entire bit. Jay has no response. Jay is disgusted. I was just want to say, highly recommend reading uh, Poisoner of Death, Poisoner in Chief uh, all about the LSD program it's wild stuff the guy who was uh, running the program was just getting high on LSD the entire time like it's it's wild of course he thought it was a miracle drug uh crazy crazy stuff i'm who sorry who cares people it's a significant this is a basketball party. podcast this is a we've Celtics already been talking podcast. about napoleon dynamite like you can't like now question of being you off just topic. Left a question for yourself. I needed to tell someone about it. I was, I could have just presented it normally, but there's no way you would have let me talk about it. I had to, that had to be a ruse, it had to be a bit, it had to be uh, some way to introduce the topic. I couldn't casually just bring up, Hey Jay, I want to do a book review today. You know what? Like, I wanted to do a book review. Sue me. It's a good book. It's a fascinating insight into the bureaucracy in American history in the post-World War II era and how fear all of the Soviets drove uh, American bureaucrats and American citizens to do insane things and to put people's lives in danger, to ruin people's lives for no reason at all. And it's a fascinating, fascinating book, and I highly recommend it. And so there, that's all I have to say. Are you done yet? I am. Have you read any books, Jay? Yeah. Would you like to talk about them? Is there any non-basketball subjects you'd like to talk about with the people? Here's your opportunity. Now that I've taken mine, uh, oh, the floor is yours. No, no. If, if I
1: if I wanted to talk about something non-basketball, I would have just brought it up myself like a regular person instead of leaving myself a voicemail on Google.
0: No, but I also got to try out my terrible Canadian accent area. So that was fun. Um, but you're right. You know what? We've clearly established in this episode that you are the normal straight-laced guy. You like your your white button down, your your tie. You, you wear the same thing every day, and I'm the I'm the eccentric goofball. That's what makes this dynamic work. And so, if you like this dynamic, if you like listening to us to uh, hear us talk about the Celtics, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, wherever you have listened to this podcast, iTunes, Spotify. Please rate us, give us five stars, uh, give us a review. Anything helps. Again, if you want to subscribe to the Athletic, go to theathletic.com/slash potable or no slash anything is potable with two D's. And thank you for listening to this episode of anything is potable.